I went on a uh, mission trip a few years ago. Some of you were here. Went on a mission trip to Belize. And uh, man, it was an incredible trip. And we got to tour the Mayan ruins there. And, you know, at first I'm like, oh, cool, Mayan ruins. And uh, slowly realized these are a pretty big deal. And one of them um, was called the Jaguar Temple. It's a temple there. And at that temple, all they did at that temple was they killed livestock as a sacrifice. They just would kill livestock as a sacrifice. And there's another temple called the Second Temple. And they killed virgins, both male, female, virgins. But they would take them up to the top of this very high temple that I actually climbed. And they would drop them off as a sacrifice. Saying that, you know, why would they do that? They would do that because it was something pure and spotless and blameless. And they would bury that virgin under the temple as a symbol of sacrifice for all of their sins. I mean, that's thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. The Mayans didn't have the Bible. But they knew that something had to happen to take the place of all the bad stuff that they have done. I mean, they even knew that without the Bible, they knew that, man, they messed up, something wasn't right, and so something had to be sacrificed for that. They knew it. And you fast forward a little bit, and we hit Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9, and before I say that, the Bible says that we are all sinners, and that a sacrifice must be made and blood must be shed for that sin to be clear. And right here we see Hebrews 9, verse 6. When everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. This was a daily thing that the priest would go in and make sacrifices in the tabernacle. The tabernacle or the temple was a significant place where you would go, and the priest would go on your behalf to sacrifice things because of what you have done. As you've heard me talk about many, many times, because this is absolutely one of my favorite things to talk about. And if you're in high school and you were part of Bible study this past Sunday, you heard Kyle Nix give one of the best messages I've ever heard on this topic. If you missed that, you missed out. If you're not coming to Bible study on Sunday mornings in either J High or high school, hearing Evan or Kyle teach, you are, you are missing out. And this past Sunday in high school, it was phenomenal what Kyle was teaching on. And I think that a lot of you would echo that and say how good that really was. Don't miss, don't miss. If, a lot of people are like, I want to go deeper in my walk with the Lord. Okay, we'll show up here Sunday morning. Well, I just can't wake up. Well, that takes a sacrifice on your behalf to wake up and go. And I promise you that some of the best teachers in the world that work in this church teaching the word of God. Make a sacrifice and get up early and come. 
In verse 7 it says, only the high priest, and that's a big word tonight that I want to talk about, only the high priest entered the inner room. And that only once a year, only once a year he would enter into the holy of holies. And he would enter it never without blood. Never without blood. Which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. Here's what that looks like. The high priest would enter with two goats. Would walk into the Holy of Holies, take that first goat, kill it. As the Mayans did. Realize something has to be sacrificed. He would take this goat, kill it in the Holy of Holies, and would take the blood and would sprinkle it there in front of God, which was this thing called the Shekinah glory, which is where God was. And so in the Holy of Holies, he would go in there and he would sacrifice an animal, a pure, spotless, blameless goat. And he would kill it and pour the blood out for God on behalf of everybody else. Blameless animal. That goat took the punishment for everybody's sins. That goat. There's another goat. Goat two. Or B. Or the second goat. Would take this goat. He wouldn't kill it. He would lay his hands on the goat. For all of the sins of everybody else. And himself, he would then let this goat go and let the goat run off. And this is where you get the word scapegoat. You're the scapegoat. Meaning this that this goat is taking all the sins of the people and it's taking it far, far, far away, and you can never get it again. Taking this pure, spotless, pure goat and all the sins of all the people are being put onto this goat and the goat is now running away and it's never to come back ever again taking the sins of everybody away forever Hebrews 9 9 says this this is an illustration this is very key right here this is an illustration for the present time insisting that the gifts and the practices were not were not Able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. Saying that this really wasn't working. It wasn't clearing the conscience of the people that the goat was representing. And that kind of makes sense. Because maybe you still feel that way about things. Maybe you still feel like, even though you know that the cross is a big deal. Even though you know that Jesus came and he died on that cross and he rose again and blood was shed for your sins, maybe you still feel guilty. Maybe you still feel dirty. And so you do little things to help yourself out. Maybe you like read a little more. Maybe you read the Bible a little more because maybe you feel guilty, so I'm going to read more. Or you, you still feel, like you, you can't deal with the same thing, it keeps happening, you can't get over it, so you're praying more. So you're doing all these things more and you just, you continue to do all this stuff, you're doing all these things to try to deal with your guilt. And that's exactly what's happening here. You, you never feel like it's really dealt with. 
The reason is because it takes true sacrifice for those things really to be dealt with. Our sins require serious sacrifice as we see here in verse 11. But when Christ came, but when Christ came, you got to understand something. That, that's going from, in Hebrews, it's talking about the Old Testament, which is the beginning of the Bible. And it, then God is like, man, no one's really getting it. It's not understanding. So you know what i got to do? i got to send my son. I'm going to have to send my son. <laughs> son, I need you to go. And so that's where we pick up right here. And, and, and there's just one sentence is separating a whole bunch of years right here. This one sentence is, like, there's a lot that went on right here. And it says, but... And that's a good but, a great but. When Christ came as high priest, that's huge. He is the high priest. When Christ came as the high priest, remember we just talked about the only the high priest could go into the holy holies. And it says here, but when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and the more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. He's saying he did, he did, he's not doing this through things that someone made. That is to say it's not part of this creation. They, that's what I just said. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves or pigeons and things. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. Not a goat, not a cow, not a virgin, by his own blood, obtaining eternal redemption. Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice by his blood, showing three things right here. Number one, he is our substitute. He is our substitute. We don't need a goat. We don't need someone to go in for us. He is goat one. He is that. He came to earth for 33 years and he lived as that substitute. Isaiah says this, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, with his stripes on his back, we are healed. So he came, number one, as our substitute. He came, number two, as our scapegoat. As our scapegoat, as, as the goat that he came and he prayed all the sins of the people onto this goat. Sent it out, it's gone. Jesus came as that. He came to earth saying, I want everything. I want everybody's sins. And I want to be on this cross for everybody. And then when I take those sins, when I die, you, us, no longer have that anymore. And it's gone. Showing, showing that we can live, guys, hear this. You can live guilt-free. Guilt-free. By what he did, you can live guilt-free. The chains are gone. The chains are gone. Complete freedom.
complete freedom. Whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever you're hurting with right now, whatever pain you may have, Jesus came so that you don't have to deal with that. Have you given it to him? And then when he takes it, he takes it far away. And somehow, sometimes we go and we find that goat. It's like, oh, there, where you been? And you take it back. No, 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 no. Jesus died. So you never, ever, 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 ever have to deal with that again. And then the last thing, the third thing that we see about Jesus coming on earth on the cross, that we see the same as was going on in the tabernacle, the same as the temple, is that he is also our high priest. He's the high priest. He's the mediator between God and us. We get to talk to him. We get to have a conversation with him. You literally can pray and you're talking to God. Do we take that for granted? Yeah, we do. But you can actually talk to God. Every single one of us deserve death, eternal death. Every single one of us deserve hell, which is a very real place. If you've never heard of that before, hell is, is a place where you go whenever you have not accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and have a personal relationship with him. And people will say, well, I don't believe in hell. That's cool. I respect you. I don't agree with you. I respect you. But Jesus came because all of us deserve that. And whenever he chose the cross... When he chose the cross, and when we choose him, and we give him our life, we then deserve eternity with him. And this Easter, my prayer is that everybody in this room has a personal relationship with the risen king because that's what Easter is about we talked about all these different elements we've talked about all this stuff and we hear about Easter and we talk about bunnies and eggs and we talk about all these things but you need to realize something that Easter is not about any of that stuff Easter's not even really about this Easter's not about any of that because Easter's about not even that Easter's about he is risen <laughs> Because when he died on the cross three days later, he wasn't in the tomb where he was supposed to be. <laughs> he's gone. Like, like people are like, he's, where is he? He's gone. Where'd he go? He even folded his stuff up for everybody real nice. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about right there. Jesus took time on his way out to go and fold the sheets. Hello? Did you make your bed today? Jesus did. He took time to do that. Jesus, and they're like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I don't know. I don't know. They're freaking like, where, where'd he go? I don't know. I haven't seen him. Have you seen him? I haven't seen him. Whoa. That's Easter. He is risen. And because he's risen, if he didn't rise, you need to understand something. A lot of people, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches, they preach Jesus on the cross. They, oh, he's on the cross. He's on the cross. He's on the cross. He's on. No, he's not. 
He's alive. And he is risen. And he is in your life. He's not on the cross. He's in you as a Christian. Amen. And the question I want to ask you today is, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you have a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And if you don't, I want to encourage you to. Do not let today pass without knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Don't go into another Easter eating a lot of chocolate bunnies and hunting eggs and doing all the Easter stuff and wearing a cool hat if you do that. And you're doing all this Easter stuff and you're just faking it. Let's go into Easter this year. Say, hey, where is he? He's not in the tomb anymore. He's in my heart. And I'm alive because he's alive. No one looking around. I want to give you that opportunity.